This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. On this week's episode of the podcast, Drew tells us all a story of triumph and corruption from France's only Champions League winner. Lots of shady business here. I'm ready for the shade. Buckle up. This is Deadball Brothers. Welcome to Deadball Brothers, a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a healthy, healthy dose of stupidity. Brought to you this week by BetOnline.ag and Indeed, and a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Drew, the Buffalo Bills are in first place. Oh man, I love saying that like the first week for the last three seasons in a row. (laughs) We love the Buffalo Bills being in first place here. Oh, man. And by we, I mean everybody's most favorite soccer writer, Adam Whitaker-Snavely, joined as always by my real-life brother. Drew Snavely, and I would also like to throw out this, that this podcast is brought to you by Kai Havertz, Missed Place Passes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Somebody, one of my, one of my buddies on Twitter was like, Kai Havertz is the, uh, the most... The most overrated Chelsea signing since Christian Pulisic. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, that's a good tweet. Yeah, that is a good that's tweet. That's a good one. <laughs> he has like one bad game. Well, I, I don't even know. I didn't see the game. I just was, saw the pass. I mean, Chelsea in general were kind of off. Yeah. Um, I would say that he didn't have a bad game. I would say he didn't have his best game. He, he was eh. I do have to say I was very disappointed that Pulisic didn't even make the team because I included him in my WTFPL Fantasy Premier League team. Drew, several people did, and several people were left very disappointed that he did not play. I think we were all kind of expecting him to... Originally, we were all expecting him to have a longer trek back to fitness. And then, earlier this week, Chelsea was like, he's training. Frank Lampard himself, the legend... Said super Frank. Oh yeah, Pulisic. He's he's available for the game. Well, he'll be able. He'll be available for selection. He did essentially. Say, he said available for selection. Yes, the, the key word. Oh man. And he didn't play, and which he is did a, not play, which was unfortunate for Chelsea because I think that Brighton kind of threw them the game in several ways. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of just very very poor plays. Obviously, you had Timo Werner win a penalty uh, after a, a very a very bad back pass to Matt Ryan where it kind of left the Brighton goalkeeper out to dry. Man, uh, is it Werner or Werner? Werner. So Werner's going to have to grab, forcefully grab penalty responsibilities out of Jorginho's cold, dead hands. Well, Jorginho's <laughs> not going to play once Kovacic gets unbanned. Maybe. Uh, definitely. The the people that I looked at at this Chelsea team, I watched a large portion of the game just because I was curious. I think a lot of people are curious about Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. And also because the Dortmund game was 3-0 and Duisburg, who was the team they were playing, 
was a man down before halftime. And Gio so I was Reyna. kind of like, I was kind of like, eh, all right, whatever. Gio Reyna, Gio Reyna was in. Scored? He, uh, I don't kind know of? if that kind of, kind of it de- <laughs> definitely deflected it off of Axel Witzel. So I think it counts as Witzel's goal. But if it was going on target, then it was still Gio Reyna's goal. No, no, because it was his teammate that it deflected off of. Oh yeah, you're right. So a it's great assist. So uh, yeah, yeah. Great. So an assist. Well played. Assist off a free kick from Gio Reyna. <laughs> um, so that game got really boring really really quickly. Yeah. And I was kind of like, eh, time to time to just watch Chelsea. I guess I, we'll I guess we'll out. check them out. I mean, and Chelsea were okay. They've I don't, got a lot of exciting young players. They do have a lot of exciting young players. Reese James scored a banger. Yeah, Ooh. dude. Reese James's goal was yeah, wild. That was almost better than um, Dabinia's goal. That but not, scored, but like, not better than Dabinia's goal because Dabinia started the goal with a nutmeg. Yes, and that's oh the most gosh. important thing, as we all know. When I tell you, my jaw dropped, dude. I was like, dude. <laughs> oh my god! North Carolina Courage still got it. North Carolina Courage lost like half their team. It feels like yeah, with like Sam Mewis and Crystal Dunn leaving, and then it's like still have still, to, got, <laughs> still got Dabinia. Still have to be. It's over for everybody. Gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I, I think that in in Chelsea land you can't take a ton from the game. Uh, the things that I noted definitely were that um, Ruben Loftus Cheek is not the same player that he once was. I was gonna say he I feel like white once Kovacic is healthy, he replaces RLC. Well, today he, RLC was playing on the wing, so uh, no. I thought he was playing in them. No, okay, no. Nope. Wait, was. It was Mount Mount was playing in the middle. Oh. It was Mount and Conte in front of Jorginho. Jorginho. And so I think that Kovacic comes in. Mount might get put on the wing or... On Frank, the bench. Or on the bench. Or Frank might say, we're going to do this 3-4-3 thing again. I don't know. I don't know exactly how he's going to work it. But I think that Pulisic easily steps back into this team. They gave him the 10 jersey. Yeah. He yeah, has to. Oh, he's right? gonna. He's gonna. I mean, William had the ten jersey, and he played like every second last season. He played far too many seconds. Some would argue, and is still playing a lot of seconds with Arsenal. He is. Who also won? Although they won against Fulham, so did it count? I was gonna say. Who knows? Probably not. Fulham <laughs> is going to finish the season with. Do we want? Do we want to take bets right now on how many points Fulham will get this season? Ooh, what are we betting? Um. I don't know. Six just, pack of beer. Drinks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> drinks, drinks sound good. Uh, I think I think that they'll finish with eighteen points. Eighteen. Eighteen points. <laughs> <laughs> and we... this isn't this isn't uh, Price is Right rules. Oh come on! No, dude. Because <laughs> you could say nineteen, and it could be easy. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what I could do. Because you bet that they would get. 18 points. Norwich got 21 last year. Yeah, I think Fulham is worse than Norwich. I think that Fulham gets 26 points. Okay. I think they get relegated, but I don't think that they are as historically bad as you might say. We shake are shaking on, it, sir. on it. Shake yeah. on it, good sir. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> Wait, it's just it's just for my memory. 18, I said 18 points. You, you said, said 18. You I said, said 26. 26 points. Okay. 26 points. Okay. Whoever's closest. Somebody remind us of this bet because we'll forget we it for sure. We will inevitably forget about <laughs> it. But Drew, we're not here to talk about the NWSL or the Premier League or Chelsea or even Fulham. You have brought to us a story of uh, a 
far, some might say an equally and or far more successful club, at least than everybody except for the North Carolina Courage. (laughs) Compared to Fulham? Definitely compared to Fulham. (laughs) And also compared to Chelsea, who have less European championships than Nottingham Forest. Well, a lot of clubs have less European championships than Nottingham Forest. Do you know how many they have? Two. Oh, nice. That was a guess because I knew that Chelsea had one. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Shouts out Didier Drogba in his heroics. Oh and my gosh, what was the it? dumbest final. <laughs> Chelsea should not have won. Oh that. no, they had no business winning that game. But you have, do have a story about, about Champions League. About European glory. Yes, yes. In fact, the first ever Champions League tournament to ever exist. And when I say first ever Champions League I mean the first ever branded Champions League, which happened in 1992-1993 season. The Champions! The Champions! The lyrics of the Champions League theme song are the most hilarious things in the world. Yes. Um, So up until that point, it was called the European Cup. Yes. As we all know. Uh, Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. I mean, I feel like we've covered it enough on this but podcast. But in case you didn't know that, because I definitely did. Not, oh, yeah. Totally I, I knew totally it. Totally knew Dude, it. Totally knew it. In case you listening didn't know that. <laughs> this story cool. is also about the only ever French champion. Mm, so the inspiration for the story kind of came from Olympic Marseille's run, because they did win that Champions League season. Sure. 1992, 1993. Spoiler alert. Uh Uh-oh. But that's not really the big, juicy, meaty part of the story. Meteor. It's not. (laughs) Oh, that TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You said make them a meteor. (laughs) Meteor. (laughs) Meteor. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes. The tender center. Yes. So... I didn't really know much about Olympique Marseille's victory in the Champions League. Um, I really only knew about it because, I mean, it's been this thing for the last, I don't know, five or six years when PSG has been like really, really bad in the Champions League <laughs> and Marseille fans are super petty. And Basically, like, ever since PSG got that oil money. Yeah. Yeah, when when PSG got super super rich, Marseille fans started really really ramping up the hate. Yeah, that is typically associated with le classique. Yes, and every year that PSG drops out of the tournament, this year being in the final, where uh, they got throttled by Bayern, <laughs> just stomped. <laughs> <laughs> um, they say suck it to PSG. Essentially, they, they did. They totally but did. After going through this story. I have come to the conclusion that they shouldn't really be that proud of their Champions Ooh, League win. Ooh, them's fighting words. There okay. is a lot to unpack here, and so I'm going to try to do this story justice for those of you who already know of the history, and especially for those who do not know it yet. You soon will. Um, I was really young at the time of 1993. I was negative you were two, negative years, two years old. Two years old, not alive. <laughs> so I wasn't, I didn't really know about all the scandal and the controversy that was surrounded by all Same, this. Same, actually. Because <laughs> you were only like two. I was two years old. One or two years old. I was old. in the positives, at least. You were in the positives, at least. Oh, gosh. So Olympique Marseille's 
Champions League run, um, as well as its dominance in the late 1980s and early 1990s, started with one man. Their owner at the time, Bernard Tapie. Okay. Have you heard of him before? Bernard. No, Bernard. 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 Bernard Tapie. Um, yeah, that's totally his name. Before we get into this, all my French pronunciation, I basically know because of the Tour de France. So oh. let's just uh, let's just hope we get through this. I'm about to give a Tour de France shout here. Ooh, so that's, ooh okay. Some, that's some cool stuff right there. So Bernard Tapie was a businessman, still is a businessman, and had kind of up to this point, we're in the mid-1980s, 1985, um, he made a fortune, essentially, buying bankrupt businesses and turning them successful. Okay. So he'd buy businesses for pennies on the dollar and turn them for a profit and then sell them. And that's how he got his money, essentially. Easy peasy. He rarely took on a failing project that he couldn't manage to turn around, it seemed. La Vie Claire was a health product company in France at the time um, that Tapie bought and saved in 1980. La Vie Claire went on to create a cycling team, and they happened to win two Tour de France in 1985 and 1986. Nice. The 1986 tour was, of course, won by American legend Greg LeMond. Greg LeMond. So. I think we isn't it just Le Monde? It's probably Le Monde. Because it's American. And <laughs> but not, it's not Le Monde. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> all right. it's, it's funny that he was on a French team. And he has a very <laughs> French sounding name. It's like Le Monde. Definitely all of his teammates said Le Monde. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> so Tapi had dipped his toes in the world of sport when the mayor of Marseille reached out to him to see if he could turn around their city's team, France's Arguably most popular team. Hmm. I mean, it's them and PSG, it feels like. Sure. I'm not French, so... Well, there's Lyon. I mean, there's Lyon, too. I mean, a lot of Ligue 1 teams... Ligue 1. Ligue 1. Sorry. There you go. Ligue 1 teams have good fan bases. Sure. But it feels like, I don't know, just from an outside perception that Marseille has the largest following within France itself. PSG mm. has more of like a global brand. You, I feel like, yeah. I think as like a very non-scientific outsider perspective, you're probably, you probably have a decent, decent handle on that, yeah. Could be wrong. If I'm wrong, email us. Yeah. Or tweet at us. Insult us publicly. <laughs> yeah, don't email us. <laughs> Shame us in public. <laughs> Do it like Game of Thrones. <laughs> so, Tapi took on the challenge... And didn't waste any time pumping cash into the team to make them contenders. Over the next few years, Marseille, along with Tapi, brought in several big names, including Jean-Pierre Papin, Enzo Francescoli, okay, uh, and uh, Didier Deschamps. Anybody? Oh, oh For anybody? Didier Deschamps. Didier oh, Deschamps. Oh, I know that name. Yeah, you do. Um, do you know Abadie Pelé? The Ghanaian Pele? Yes, actually, I do. Not because Whose I... last name is actually Ayu, not Pele, but he's Both. professionally known yes. as... I do know that, but only because of uh, FIFA Street 1. Ah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember <laughs> he that. He was in that game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, so cool. So these signings led to great success in the French League, 
winning four straight titles from 1989 to 1992. Marseille really couldn't stop winning. Except for one tournament. See, the European Championship always seemed to elude the club. Mm-hmm. And Tappy, much, much like several French teams. Much like several. Actually, all of the other French teams. <laughs> every French team at the time. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so the closest the team had got to lifting the Champions League trophy up until that point was during the 1990-1991 season when they lost to Red Star Belgrade in the final. Oh, yeah. Red Star Belgrade. What a team. The following season in 1991-1992, Marseille saw themselves out in the round of 16 via Sparta Prague. So not a great showing no. that season. Really just like the Balkans are a problem for Marseille right now. <laughs> they really are. So Barnet, Barnet, Bernard Tappy became obsessed with winning the Champions League and was willing to do whatever it took to get there. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast brought to you by indeed even though sports had a break your business didn't you have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever indeed is here to help indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because indeed gets you the best people fast unlike other sites indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring you only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the podcast, brought to you by Bet Online. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. You were just telling us about Marseille's not-so-great fortune in the European Championships, whereupon I also said that Prague was in the Balkans, and then I 
proceeded to check it and realized that Prague is not in the Balkans. Ah, now that that's all cleared up. Very sorry. We can move on. Our Eastern European <laughs> set out there. But yeah. you were telling us about Marseille. Yes, yes. Um, very, very unfortunate in the European Cup up until this point. So we are now at the 1992-1993 edition of the tournament, which is the Champions League for the first time ever, baby. The Champions! I don't know when the the theme music was written. The Champions League anthem might be a good future episode of Dead Ball Brothers. Because it's terrible. The lyrics are so, so dumb. Yeah. These are the best. Let's not get into it too much. <laughs> That's true. If, we, if you want to use it for a yeah, future episode. If you, if you don't know the lyrics of the Champions League theme song, don't look them up. Because chances seem high we will read them dramatically <laughs> at some point in our future. So for the first ever Champions League, Marseille was drawn in a group with Rangers, Club Bruges, and CSKA Moscow. Okay. Now at the time, the setup was different of the tournament. You had like a couple playing games where every team played. Okay. Uh, and if you won both games, then you advanced to the group stage. And you had to be top of your group. There's just two groups. Oh. To advance to the final. Oh, okay. So they Very started. They started with like 64 teams, in single game elimination. So yeah. down to 32, then down to 16, and then, or no, started with. Started at 32. Started at 32, down to 16 in the second round. Down to then eight. Down to eight for the group stage, and so. The winners of the groups, each group, only four other teams they have to compete against. Would play in the championship game. Would play game. in the championship game. That's and so a, it's six games Yeah, for, for those teams because you played a return leg. That's not a, that's not a lot. Not a lot. Not <laughs> at all. So they were in a group with Rangers, Giants at the time. Indeed. Club Bruges and CSK Moscow. Good old Russia. Good old Russia. <laughs> So after their first three games, Marseille was first in the group, but just by goal differential. Rangers were tied on points, um, just a few goals behind, a couple goals behind Marseille. It was Scotland. Ra- razor thin razor differential thin. <laughs> differentials. <laughs> coming for you. <laughs> so when Marseille played CSK Moscow in the replay, suspicions were being raised that Marseille wasn't playing particularly fair. Uh-oh. You see, in their first matchup, Marseille drew Moscow 1-1. So, it was somewhat of a shock that the return leg was a 6-0 demolition in Marseille's favor. Mm. Something's weird here, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. After the match, CSKA's manager, Gennady Kostelev, 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 I don't know. I don't have a Russian accent. I'm sorry. I Drew, apologize. Drew's Russian accent is just saying it louder. <laughs> In an interview with Russian newspapers, said that before the match, he received a phone call at their hotel in France. Apparently, the person on the other end of the line claimed to be the director for... Marseille's soccer club offering money to him to throw the match in Marseille's favor. Mm. Very interesting. Mm. The offer was rejected 
but Kostelev said that Marseille officials were also trying to intimidate his players as well. So, seems a little fishy. <laughs> also, it seems a little weird that's like, we lost 6 nothing, and then the coach is like, oh yeah, uh, they offered us money to lose, but uh, we didn't do it. <laughs> like, like that's weird, right? That's a weird defense of yourself. Like, seriously, guys, we lost six nothing, but we were really trying. <laughs> nothing to see here. <laughs> no funny business happening. <laughs> As group play went on, it became clear that either Marseille or Rangers would advance from this group to the finals. With the two teams even on points going into their return leg, there was great news for Marseille. The Rangers striker, Mark Haitley, was suspended for the match after Haitley was sent off in the previous match against Bruges for getting into a tussle with a defender. Those Scottish lads, they love a tussle. I guess so. In 2011, in an interview with ITV, Haitley said that a French-speaking person had called him during the group stage in 1993 (laughs) and asked him not to play against Marseille. Don't play against Marseille. (laughs) And that it would be financially rewarding if he did not play. This is all very like stroke goatee kind of. It is strange. Mm, So it was convenient that he was sent off in the previous match. It was. For, I watched the, how he got sent off. um, And I think by today's standards... He would definitely have gotten sent off. Like it was a, it was like a pushing okay. kind of like headlock thing that went on. Nobody got punched or anything like right. that, though. So back in the early '90s, you'd kind of expect that to be like a caution. Maybe this gets let go. Yeah. So some people were being like, "Oh yeah, very convenient that their star striker got sent off the game before, so he can't play mm. against Marseille." Yes. <laughs> so maybe maybe somebody got a hold of the the officials. The fix is in. <laughs> I don't know. There's no substantial evidence for it. But with everything else, that, there's a lot of stories. There's a lot of stories. There's a lot of hearsay. Sure. So it everything just seems a little too convenient, yeah. a little too chummy. Right, right, right. And right. so we're trying to work our way through we're it. We're trying to sort through this muck. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so the game still ended in a 1-1 draw, Rangers, uh-huh. be- Rangers and Marseille, uh, meaning that the winner of the group would be determined in the final game. Marseille, however, had a massive advantage in goal differential because of that 6-0 win over uh, CSK Moscow. Sure. After a 1-0 victory over Bruges, Marseille won the group and was through to the final set, the final game. Yeah. To force, to face Italian giants AC Milan. AC Milan, AC Milan. Mm. Mm. Yes. Italy, a place totally not known for match fixing. <laughs> so I was going to say, Rangers actually drew their last match, so they didn't even tie on points. Oh, so they with, were out, out. They were out, out. They finished with one less point than Marseille did. But I don't know, maybe things would have been different if they had their star striker in Mark Haley. Who knows? Who knows? In the middle of this journey... For a Champions League title, Marseille was still in the middle of a legal battle. 
with PSG and a Wenger-led Monaco. Oh. Very close behind the defending champs. Bernard Tappy was not willing to take any chances, it seemed. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, he reportedly told Defender, and uh, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong because I was we trying to find do. pronunciations and all I got was like French talk show radio <laughs> and like they talk so fast <laughs> and so with so much gusto I'm just like man this is this is gonna be tough it's just like a lot of gibberish <laughs> and then all of a sudden punctuating <laughs> <laughs> so he reportedly told defender Jean-Jacques Idle sure Idly, Idly. I don't know Idly. It is imperative that you get in contact with your former Nantes, Nantes, right? Nant. Nant teammates at Valenciennes. Yes. So this is in Jean Jacques Idelis. It might be Valenciennes or something like that. I guess. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I guess that would make a little more sense, but. Valenciennes. <laughs> Valenciennes. I, I, I don't know. It's man. cool. It's cool. Know, we'll 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 roll with it, and somebody will correct us later, yeah, and absolutely. it'll be totally fine. And we'll learn from this experience. We will, <laughs> like we always do. So this is straight up in Jean Jacques Idly's yeah. autobiography. Okay. He he wrote that Bernard Tapi came to him and said these words to him, like, "Hey, <laughs> you need to reach out to your former non non not." Nant teammates yeah. who were now playing for Valenciennes, Valenciennes, and um, it was who they were facing in the next match in Ligon. Oh. Um, we don't want them acting like idiots and breaking us before the final with Moron, Tapi said. Mm-hmm. Reportedly. So, so all, all he really said was, hey... Tell your former buddies not to like injure us. Take it easy. Take it. Take it. I mean, I, it's definitely very. It's definitely fishy. I don't yeah. know if it's take your foot off the gas, man. I don't know if it's necessarily like, uh, hey, tell them to throw. Well, there's gonna be more. Okay. That's, All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, idly talked with three former teammates and bribed. The oh, keyword oh, bribed oh, never mind. them to throw the upcoming match between the two sides. Okay, all right. Well, my my point has been refuted. <laughs> so, Jorge Barushaga, Christoph, Robert, and Jacques Glossman. I love when you're not sure how to pronounce something because your shoulders <laughs> shrug go like way up to your ears. <laughs> so he reached out to those teammates. Of these players, Christoph Robert accepted. The bribe. Ah. Uh-huh. And so this is where we get something substantial. Yeah. Like something is definitely. They did this. Yes. This happened. Yes. So Christoph Roberts' wife met Idly in an envelope with $250,000 francs was handed over. Oh, they really went old school for this. <laughs> they really did. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, it was also reported that um, Jorge Bruchaga was al- also accepted the bribe, Possibly but he yeah. later said that he didn't 
but there wasn't substantial evidence to prove his innocence okay. in the matter. If that makes sense. Yes. So, with the bribes handed over and all bets settled, I guess, <laughs> Marseille went into the match and won 1-0 over uh, Valenciennes. And so they... Valenciennes was like... They got relegated that season. They oh. were second to last. Oh, it wasn't wow. like a... They weren't a, a good side that season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was also like something funny to me that they felt the need to bribe these players to that ta- take it easy good. that were already not good. <laughs> this is a, a Champions League finalist <laughs> <laughs> who is bribing uh, legal... You know, they just they just gotta they just gotta make feeders. sure. Sometimes you gotta make sure. I guess so. I guess so. But now, Ligon was secure. Marseille with that victory over Valenciennes secured that title. They got that dub. They got that dub. They got the big dub for the entire season. And that's great. That's all. That's all fantastic. Um, Marseille could now focus directly on the final in the Champions League with AC Milan. AC Milan. Heavily favored at the time. Okay. I mean... They were giants in the 90s. They were they were absolute giants. Um, and so most people were predicting a Milan victory. So despite Milan having the better chances in the game, we're already starting into the game, uh-huh. Marseille was able to squeak out a goal after about 40 minutes mm-hmm. and managed to hold on to it for the rest of the game. So uh-huh. the game ended 1-0. Marseille got that victory. It's not a big spoiler. I already said in the beginning you of the podcast that Marseille won. won. You, did, you did already say that they <laughs> yeah. won. So that's the, the game itself isn't as important, in my opinion. A classic little turtle. A little, a little golden turtle victory. Yeah, basically. that bus. Basically. <laughs> so Olympic Marseille had reached the pinnacle. But it all soon came crashing down. You see, during halftime of the Valenciennes-Marseille game... That was tampered with Jacques Glassman, who was one of the guys yeah. that Idly reached out to to uh-huh. bribe, uh, approached his manager and said, hey, I was offered all this money to throw the game. That's a hell of a time to say it. Yeah, why at <laughs> halftime? <laughs> like, why did you wait till the game, until the middle of it? Maybe he saw his teammates, like, not Actually playing hard it. and be like, all right, like, F these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I got to do something about this. <laughs> he got, his, he got his little Batman cape on. Like, I'm the hero that Valencian deserves. <laughs> a criminal complaint was filed two weeks later Ooh. against Marseille. So this was after the Champions League final. Right, yeah. Christoph Robert had come clean about his involvement with the entire affair and handed in the 2,500,000 francs um, that had been given to him by Idly. Um, who was basically acting as a surrogate for Bernard Tapie. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. He, um, he obviously felt bad about the bribe. I mean, he literally took the authorities to where he buried the cash in his backyard and said, the cash stunk so much I had to bury it. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> they took the envelope with the, all the money and they just buried it in the backyard and that was it. It's kind of like, it's like a, it feels like an Edgar Allan Poe story. <laughs> the Telltale Heart. So, so true. <laughs> so I could true. smell the cash. I, I was the like, so I had to go bury it. Idly said he was not to blame. Rather, the club's hierarchy 
since they directed him to do it. There was initially a problem with charging Bernard Toppy, though. Okay. For any involvement at all. And that was because he was a member of the French National Assembly. He had been since 1992. This, I guess, uh, six months to a year. That just mean like you can't charge him with crimes? So because he held this office, he was immune from prosecution. <laughs> what a stupid law. Oh, dude. dude. This is a double game week, by the way. So you're going to know that we're going to record and release another podcast this week. And there are more stupid foreign laws that we have coming for you. Not to say that America doesn't have dumb laws, but that's the dumbest law I think yeah. I've ever heard. Yeah, it's pretty stupid. So... Toppy, even though he was, I don't know if it's even like diplomatic immunity, he was just like immune in France from, from being charged French or prosecuted immunity. for anything. Yeah. Um, he still felt the need to reach out to Valencian manager Baro Primorac, um, which I don't know how that last name is pronounced. Yeah, just keep going. He's, he was the manager of Valencian, and mm-hmm. that is, that's all you need to know, um, and offered him money to say that he made the entire bribe <laughs> scandal up. <laughs> very a very innocent person thing to do. So after he obviously refused, the Valencia manager took all that bribe new bribe information to the police. It's like, hey, this guy's still really trying to like cover up his tracks. And the police are like, ah, we still can't do anything <laughs> about it. Better light all this evidence on fire. Yes, exactly. So after public pressure Tapi was eventually stripped of his immunity in Ooh, France okay. and was actually jailed in 1994, charged with corruption and attempted witness tampering, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of respect the just the, the brass that that takes, though, to be like, oh, this thing is happening and I can't be charged with it. But I'm still gonna try to bribe my way out of it. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't want your your crowning achievement to be tarnished in all this controversy, and so I guess he was willing to do whatever it took to to ensure that. Obviously, it backfired. Marseille was banned from Champions League that the next year. They weren't allowed to defend their title. Makes sense. They were stripped of the Ligue 1 title. Yep that year mm-hmm. as well and that's actually a fun fact the 1992-1993 season there is no french champion in legal nobody just nobody they didn't give it to paris saint-germain and i believe that paris saint-germain said that they wouldn't even accept it if it was offered to them just like how there is no champion of the 2019-2020 premier league season Everybody just agreed that. <laughs> yeah, that it's there was like no asterisk. There, right? There's not even an asterisk. There's not even an asterisk. Just because just, of the break. There's it, just no champion. It's yeah, wild cha- that it, that happened. It altered the, the league table so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's crazy. Liverpool's still looking for that first ever Premier League <laughs> title. <laughs> Definitely a bummer. <laughs> uh, now that we've successfully lost several listeners. <laughs> Marseille was actually also relegated to League do, do, like do, 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 yeah, un, un, it's un, de, trois, trois, uh, Hamilton, <laughs> that is stupid, <laughs> only like three people would get that, <laughs> um, 
So they were relegated for the 1994-1995 season. They actually played in the 93-94 Ligue 1, um, and the punishment wasn't handed out until after that season, after they had already finished second in the league. So they finished second in the league and were relegated down to Ligue 2. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, so yeah, there's that. In 1994-1995 season, Marseille actually earned a promotion back up into the top tier in France. I would hope so. But they were barred from re-entering the league because Toppy had spent so much money to secure that promotion. <laughs> I guess there is like some financial fair play stuff going on this in there. Guy. This guy just doesn't quit. Yeah. Bernard Toppy spent eight months in prison when finally charged. And once he was released, um, actually continued to kind of have like a pretty successful career, yeah. I guess. Well, imagine that <laughs> a rich person goes to jail and comes out <laughs> is still rich. Yeah, he like went out, he like appeared in a few movies. What the heck? Like he like oh was God. straight up acting and got into theater. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of weird. Live your dreams, my guy. Um, Arsene Wenger, who was coaching. For Monaco yes, at the was. time, um, moved to Japan to completely get away from the corruption of Indeed. of the French league. Um, he said it was one of like the worst periods of his time of his yeah. of his entire life. Well, during during that whole, I mean, during this whole corruption thing was actually the time when Arsene Wenger brought George Way to France. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that. That's a, there's a podcast episode. There's a on, uh, on you that. know I think there is a podcast about that. I think it's called uh, Dead Ball Brothers. <laughs> yeah, check out that George Weah episode. <laughs> so Jean Jacques Idoli, who paid the bribes to the players, the Valenciennes, uh, who he played with um, at Nantes, sure, um, was banned from soccer for twelve months. Yeah, which that makes sense. Yeah. It does. In his autobiography, he really like threw a ton of stuff out on the table. Like after <laughs> reading all this all stuff, out. I'm trying to get my hands on like an English copy of of the book because it seems incredibly intriguing. Juicy. Juicy. So much meat. <laughs> the tender center. The donuts hole. <laughs> he said cheating had become second nature. We were all solicited at one time or another to make a call to a former teammate or friend. Jeez. Direct quote from the book. He also said that Marseille players received mysterious injections a couple days before the Champions League final. What? Yes. And in all in all the clubs I played in, I saw some doping going on, but this was the only time I accepted. We we all took a series of injections, and I felt different during the game as my physique responded differently under strain. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. <laughs> well, that's some serious stuff. He reportedly said that all teammates, with the exception of one, took injections for this for this game. Huh. UEFA, who, however, who I should mention is not corrupt in any sense. Yeah, of the means. no. Corruption in soccer is, is a really, really rare thing. Oh yeah. Super rare. Never happens. Said doping tests were negative for the Marseille players I'm sure for they the Champions were. League final. Which honestly they very well could have been, but like 
Dude, given how Lance Armstrong, I was gonna say, got negative results for so long, I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm sure not? doctors can find a way around yeah. anything. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's there. Those claims weren't uh, proven true at the time. Well, there have been other teammates to come out and say that they had also like taken a. They also took injections uh-huh. with Marseille uh-huh. while they're while they're. Mm-hmm. With Marseille, wow. and so that's um that's pretty pretty uh, damning. <laughs> damning evidence is a good <laughs> is a good word for it. At the end of Bernard Tapie's tenure with Marseille, Marseille had to file for bankruptcy after Tapie had driven the club into the ground, spending relentlessly um, trying to chase any title he could get his hands on. Always unfortunate, um, which is quite the opposite of all the other companies that he took over or sold. Um, I don't know, just kind of a corrupt dude. Yeah. Who is, uh, uh, claims to be a devout Christian man who walks around with a cru- crucifix in his pocket. <sighs> hey, yeah. I've heard it before. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I think Jesus said something about rich people one time, but I don't remember what he said, so I'm not going to bring it up here. Yeah, 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 definitely not. Definitely, definitely not. not. I don't remember what he said at all. Oh, uh, gosh. So Bernard Tappy continued to do his business thing. He was acting. He owned Adidas for a few years. <laughs> like he, bought the, he bought the company. Not yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Um, it was when they were – it was a tougher time, you know. Sure. They were, like, going bankrupt and try to take it over. And he did. Um, in 2007, though – um, he made pretty big headlines when he endorsed the a uh, president, uh, Nicolas Sarkozy. Yeah, Sarkozy. Yeah, Sarkozy. Um, and when Sarkozy won, yeah. Bernard Tapie got two hundred and eighty million pounds. Dear God. Um, from from the party, which was mainly taxpayer funds, mm-hmm. and. From what I read, he just got the money, and there was nothing else. Took that and was like, "Going to my like yacht." The the finance minister who like issued the payment got charged with a thing or two, but Toppy is just but yeah, nobody, super rich. But nobody, nobody, actually, it, nobody got charged that it wouldn't matter. These days, Bernard Toppy is currently fighting stomach and esophagus cancer. Ah, man, and that is the story of. Olympique Marseille, their Champions League run, Bernard Tapie, and a whole lot of controversy. Controversy. You know, I I feel like I should feel bad about a person that's battling cancer, but it's difficult right now. <laughs> it's difficult to feel bad for him. Yeah. I mean, he's lived he's lived a long life. You know, he's 77 years old. He's lived a long life. He's skirted most rules that apply to the rest of us. I wouldn't wish stomach and exhaust no. any any type of cancer on my absolute worst enemy. I certainly not. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. But I also don't feel that bad, and maybe that makes me a bad person. But it is currently where I'm at after the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I feel that. Sources for this story come from Robin Berner. From Goal.com. Oh, okay. Marcus Christensen from The Guardian and Christopher Weir from These Football Times. 
Nice. Thank you, Drew, so much for bringing us that story. And thank you, listener, for listening to that story. If you like the story and or all the stories you found before, you can go ahead and check us out uh, on basically any podcast catcher that you find. And also, if you feel like supporting us more, you could leave us a rating and review like this person did, Drew. Yes, Adam. It's been a while since we've done it, so we I'm glad that we're doing a, this. We haven't read a review in a while. This review comes from a dear friend of mine, actually. Oh, Ross underscore golf. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Ross says this is a must listen to. That's the title of must. the review. How great is this podcast? These two brothers tell beloved tales of classic soccer stories. Their natural chemistry and hilarious humor lead to a must listen. I never miss a podcast. Dude, natural chemistry. Natural chemistry. Oh, Thank you, yeah. Ross, for your completely unbiased review absolutely. of our podcast. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> If you want to help us, the biggest way that you can do so is by leaving a rating and review. It doesn't have to be big or long. It's just as long as it is there, it helps us out, and it helps our podcast get seen by more people, which is important for us and also for our network and everything else that we are involved in. If you want to follow us, we also have our social media sites, at Pod, pretty much everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, we're on Facebook. If you want to email us with any questions, comments, concerns, story suggestions, we have our Gmail account, deadballpod at gmail.com, or you can DM us on Twitter. Usually we will check both. We're decently active on both. And if you are interested in any merchandise, we have a Teespring store that will be in the, the link to which will be in the description below. Absolutely. But Drew, it's been an excellent time talking to you. It's been a good story and a good week. And I think it's time to say goodbye to our listeners. So thank you, listeners. My name is Adam Whitaker-Snaver. And I'm Drew. And we love you very much. See you next time.